And good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Early start on this Monday edition of the program. As uh, there's something going on at my kids' school, I'm not exactly sure what it is and um, and why, but I'm gonna go do some parenting today. I'm gonna be a good dad and go show up and be a part of it. So we gotta get out of. I gotta be out of here no later than 11:30. We may not even make it the full two hours today. We will see. We will see. If we don't, that's fine. We give you an extra 30 minutes like every day, so I'm not going to apologize for it. You can learn to live with it. Today's show is brought to you by UMBC Athletics. Retrievers back home this Wednesday night to take on Binghamton. Get your tickets. Experience game day at the peak by going to umbcretrievers.com. Coming up in just a bit, speaking of college hoops, Bruce Weber, former Illinois Kansas State coach, is going to join us now. Why did I? Yeah, that didn't that didn't work. I don't know what you're doing, but that's not that's not it. Whatever it is, that's not it. Or I need to turn my headphones up drastically because I no longer hear myself. You don't you don't hear yourself at all now? No, you sound great. Oh, you sound. I wonderful. hear I hear you fine. So yeah, you sound wonderful. I am barely registering all of a sudden. Now, if the levels are good, the lever- levels are good, and we'll just turn my headphones up. But that was very dramatic, whatever just occurred. It went from me sounding crisp and clear and clean and all of those things to literally nothing at all. Now, you see, when you do that, I hear all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't like this. I don't like this. I know that much. And then go ahead, let me hear you. Uh, I, I hear myself fine. You uh, sound fine in my headphones. Uh, and, uh, and we're getting levels. Uh, so. I just get very nervous when these things occur. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's going on. Did you? What did you I'll, do? What did you do? So, so the gain. I think the bad round guys. They yeah. like to use a lot of gain. Uh huh. So I noticed that the gain was all the way up when we started. Mm. And so I took that back to where mm. we typically had the it. first quarter. The Bengals could have used a little more gain. Yeah. I know that much. Um. We'll see how this goes. We uh, will. I can see. turn it back up. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the. G- I don't like us opening up the game that much. I don't care for that. All right. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how things play out. All right. Uh, anyway, the moral of the story. I have no idea what I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about college basketball. Bruce Weber. He's going to join us in just a bit. Now with Big Ten Network, of course, former Illinois and Kansas State coach. Also this morning, we are going to catch up with our buddy Jeremy Kahn. Uh, we're going to do that a little bit earlier than normal because, again, we're starting a bit earlier than normal. And uh, Brett Hollander is going to join us. The Orioles' caravan is this weekend. He's going to tell us all about that. So all of that on the way today here on GCR. I assume there's going to be some sort of ceremony. I assume there's going to be some sort of, like, do you present me a belt? How does this work? How did What did you guys do? In order to uh, celebrate my victory, how did you guys? I'm assuming you all got together and discussed a plan for it. So on top, I don't of, think on that, top of the twenty five dollars we all gave you. I don't think. Well, I don't know that everybody gave me twenty five dollars. <laughs> by the way, I think most everybody gave me twenty five dollars. I think there might be still a straggler or something that's going to get away with it because I don't feel like going back all that far. And I, but I could probably do the math. And you know what? This week, sometime I will do the math. Let somebody know who it is. Is apparently just calling everybody out and saying, make sure you did it. I get it. I get it. I don't remember what I did back in August and September either. And it's on me for not being very forceful back then about making sure. I thought I was going to be the last one to pay because it was like the end of September, I think, Mm, when I finally. I think somebody, at least somebody else, did never actually pay it. But I will go, I will go double check. I will go double check and make sure of it. Um,. I did indeed clinch picks. Yeah, all right. Congrats, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. 
6-0 and when the games mattered most. Nice y'all to play. Nice. No, it was a. It was a, a pleasure playing with you all this evening. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go back and see like who won the most side bets. The hell does that matter? Well, yeah. What does that matter at all? I know you struggled down the stretch. What does that matter remotely? It means. What? Is, well, honest to God. Well, what? when the pressure was really on. No, the pressure was on to see who would win. How many of us are going to go five hundred for the year? Uh, I, one. I haven't checked. I, one. Okay. One of us. Yeah, barely. We'll go 500. Well, I don't know. I don't know how the, the last game of the year is going to go. One of us. Well, did you go 500 for the year? Ain't no. Yeah, okay. No. I just wanted to double check. But you were probably you were probably really close, right? You were, yeah, least, yeah. I mean, you were I within like, 10 games of 500, right? I was like right? less than a game a week. Dummy. Close. <laughs> Dummy trying to make fun of me when you weren't even close. God. No, you weren't. It like if I got a half game games right, under if 500. I got an extra half game right each week. Yeah, well, we don't, it doesn't work that way. Chief. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Um, I it was we, it was a weird championship weekend because it felt like injuries were more of a story than anything else, and that's always a bummer, right? I know, like at least Kansas City, Cincinnati ended up being competitive, and at least Cincinnati lost, and we enjoyed that as Ravens fans because they deserve their comeuppance. There's a lot of shot and fraud involved with that, and I'm writing about it today. Like this is always the bummer for me. I have no rooting interest left. I, like in a weird way, I wish the Bengals would have won because then I would have had a rooting interest in the Super Bowl. Now I have no rooting interest. It's what I always say when Duke loses in the NCAA tournament. Like, the bummer is they can't turn around and lose again two days later. Like, that's it's always disappointing. You only get to feel that joy once. And Cincinnati, between their absurd, you know, victimhood that they tried to present about a man nearly dying on the field, and they are them being the real victims of that, and then turning that into this sort of cockiness over the last week and the borough head and the mayor talking S and... Eli Apple existing like it it was just absurd and they brought it upon themselves and it's it's weird because you know in the days the immediate days after the Damara Hamlin collapse most of us were like wow that's really incredible how the Bengals and their fans and that city handled themselves like there was there was something there was a feel good story there and they just decided to urinate all over themselves in the process and make the entire country want to root against them. Um so we could enjoy that, but everything about yesterday was just weird. I, I don't know what would have been I don't know what the NFC Championship game would have looked looked like had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt. I couldn't tell you. It's got to be a heartbreaking feeling in San Francisco. We certainly know a thing or two about it in Baltimore. Um, it's got to be a heartbreaking feeling where you feel felt feel like you had the team, and you literally just couldn't keep any quarterback healthy. A lot of people have brought up the NFL needing to reinstate the third quarterback rule. I've talked about yeah. this for years. I have. It's one of the dumbest things ever that the league got rid of it. I, I'll never in my life understand why they would want to create a scenario in which it was more likely to have a non-quarterback play quarterback. It's stupid. Now, I also understand they don't really think that there's money involved and there's paying somebody else a game day. Like, there's things that, there's factors they haven't thought. Any scenario that presents a greater likelihood of a non-quarterback having to play quarterback stinks. And the 49ers gave up yesterday. They, they waved the white flag. They essentially said, look, we're not going to run... Debo out to play quarterback and find out if he can chuck the ball 20 yards downfield. We're just going to hand the ball off and lose and get it over with. 
And it stinks. It's the NFC Championship game. We're all saying we're going to cancel all of our plans. We're going to sit around and watch football all day and not really be able to watch football. Instead, to be able to watch one team kind of play an exhibition while the other team is forced to not try. And that stinks. And I'm not trying to suggest that if they had had insert crap quarterback that would be their third quarterback, Josh Rosen. Sure, if they had had Josh Rosen on the roster, anything would. they're not going to win, but at least he's a quarterback. At least they can go through the motions at that point. They can attempt to do something that's football-like. It's the dumbest thing ever. Always, 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 there should be the option to have a third quarterback. And the emergency, the third quarterback thing that they used to do where – the guy could dress and he could count. And it's so stupid that they got rid of that. But I don't know what difference it. I, I just don't know. It's impossible to know how that game would have been. It's impossible. I like the Eagles. I thought they were going to win no matter what. They didn't play all that well. There was a moment during the game where I said to myself, I'm going to see if there's an AFC or NFC Super Bowl bet available, and I'm going to rush to make it because – I feel very strongly that it's not going to be the Eagles, that it's going to be whoever wins the AFC. Then after you saw the Chiefs, you were like, eh, I'm not sure if I feel strongly about that either. And that was the bummer about the second game, is that it also, I guess less so for the Bengals, they did lose Tyler Boyd, and part of what has made them so compelling is the totality of having all three wide receivers. There's so few teams that can present, prevent a sim- or present a similar scenario where you have three high-level wide receivers on the field at the same time. But the Chiefs were decimated. I mean, guys playing through it. Travis Kelsey clearly – this is the amazing part about Travis Kelsey. I I really am starting to convince myself he's the greatest tight end of all time. The amazing part is he was clearly nothing like himself, and yet he was still the most dangerous weapon on the field. He was running hook and laterals to try to avoid having to run. Like, it's clear he didn't have it. And yet he was still the most dangerous. On fourth down, they're throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey for touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes is obviously impacted. Like, everybody was banged up. It's a shame... Thankfully, at least it was an entertaining football game. Like, if you're going to watch, it was at least close and competitive and there was drama involved. But I don't think any of us really wanted to see that game go to overtime. Like, I don't think we wanted more of what we were watching at the end of the game where Mahomes was hobbling and they don't have any wide receivers. He's throwing to something called a Marcus Kemp. Definitely a real person that really existed before yesterday, and everybody knew that. It seems like Ravens could have used him. He made a catch. Let's not oversell that. Demarcus Robinson made catches, too. <laughs> like, I have no idea what in the hell a Marcus Kemp is. By the way, definitely on the practice squad, not even on the active roster. But there was Marcus Kemp at the end of the game as the Chiefs were desperate for anyone to throw the football to trying to make a catch. It it, it presents a compelling – I don't know if compelling is the word for it. Look, if you're in Kansas City or Philadelphia, it's a very compelling Super Bowl if you – if you're in the Kelsey family, it's an extraordinarily compelling Super Bowl. If you are Andy Reid, it's a very compelling Super Bowl. I don't really know how compelling this Super Bowl actually is. I think that 
it's about as compelling as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are healthy in two weeks. To me, I mean, the Eagles, I get it, were the, the, the best-built roster, but I don't know. It, it, it kind of feels empty. They sort of got a bye in the, in the NFC Championship game. The Giants stink. Like, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like the Eagles have gone over the last two weeks and proved their dominance or something like that. I, I, I'm not trying to be dismissive of them. They were definitely the best team in the NFC, but the NFC wasn't very good. So I don't, I don't know what to make of that. And they haven't really been tested to show how good they were. Again, they didn't play all that well yesterday. There was nothing about watching Jalen Hurts yesterday that made me say, that's the reason why that dude was going to be the MVP of the league. And again, the 49ers defense is still outstanding, even when they don't have a quarterback. Like, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But it would feel more compelling to me if, like, I had watched some brilliant performance yesterday and said, man, sign me up. These two dudes going mano a mano in two weeks. They were the two top MVP candidates in the league this year. Like, there is that. If Mahomes can be something closer to healthy, it it could be amazing. I don't really... I, I guess there is something amazingly compelling about watching the dude carry a team on his back despite clearly not being healthy. There's an appreciation that I should be giving for that. I mean, that's that's wild, man. Like, still making those crossbody throws. Yeah. Like, I... Dude, it hurt me watching it a couple of times. I was like, oh, okay. I, I don't know. I just don't. This is mostly a meh to me. I mean, Andy Reid, I guess. I said if you there. are Andy Reid, but why do I care about that? One of the greatest coaches of all time. That's fine, but, like, it's just it's interesting in Philadelphia, right? Like, in Philadelphia, that's one of the cooler storylines about the game. Why would anybody outside of Philadelphia care? I mean, like, what? <laughs> this isn't. This isn't John versus Jim Harbaugh. Like, that's a compelling story. And I get it. Like, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey are cool, but one of them's an offensive lineman. Like, it's not like... Whoa. It's not like J- Travis Kelsey's going to be running over the middle of the field and then his brother's going to level him or something <laughs> like that. That would have been cool. Maybe, maybe Yeah, maybe. that, that would have made it... A, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that would have made it a more compelling story. And I'm like, like, that's probably the... It's the most compelling story of all of them, I think. It's just sort of a, eh, Super Bowl to me. I don't know. I'm just not. It, it's I. I like the story of like a, a the Bill story was so compelling because it was the, the the franchise that was rising. It was the fan base that had been waiting forever. Both of these teams have won like these fan bases have won Super Bowls in the last what five, five six years. years? Yes, years. I'm trying to remember exactly. It was was it was, Philly. It was a 17 season? Yes, yeah, so 18, 18 Super Bowls. So five years. Yes, exactly right. I what does that do for me? Like I don't feel good for either one of the fan bases, or I don't like. There's just nothing. There's I, Nick Sirianni is a good story, I guess, but also kind of comes off like a little bit of a prick sometimes. Like, does he? Yeah, he does. Like him running it, embarking at Colts fans when they had barely beaten the worst team in football. It was personal right. for him. It was personal for him. Yeah, it was personal for him. Maybe, maybe show up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like play. They did. Hey, they got a win. Yeah, they they snuck one out against a 
Colts beat the Chiefs this year. Man. You're you're right. That did happen. Almost beat the Vikings. That's a thing. What, what is your point? I don't know. It's, it's what are you be, trying? It's a, it's it's a, a, I think it's, the game's more compelling than I feel like. Sell me on it. Sell me. I on mean, why the it's game so itself, I guess, maybe it isn't. It doesn't give you much hope because both teams didn't look great. The Chiefs are banged up, and the That's Eagles the, like if they put were both a great performance. If they were both, but I feel like form, the storylines going. I just in don't think the storylines are that great. I think there's there's I think, two I think there's brothers. more Andy Reid fans out there than you think. And you're pretending like I don't like Andy Reid. I like Andy Reid fine. I don't. Why is it a bigger? What about him facing his former team? Like the, he's not getting revenge. You know what it is? He's already won the Super Bowl. I, I got to show you the TikTok I watched yesterday. Somebody made a, you know that like dreams, uh, the the heroes and villains song that. Yeah, uh, I'm very familiar. Yeah, yeah. They, they they played that and they did like the Andy Reid getting fired by Philly and then him going to Kansas City. But like, there's and nothing was, left for Andy Reid like, to oh, prove. Like, it'd be one thing. He's got to beat Philly. It'd be one thing if he hadn't won a Super Bowl before. If yeah. he had the chance to win his first Super Bowl against the team that let him go, that's an incredibly compelling storyline. There's nothing there. Still got demons in Philly. Let's what? Yeah. Let's what are you talking about? It's a big game for the for, for both teams. Yes, it's the Super Bowl, Griffin. It's definitely a big game for both teams. And I'll watch. That I'll one, watch. Whoever wins it will be the champions of the NFL this season. You've ne- you're gonna watch. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. You're compelled I'm compelled, I'm compelled that you're to watch gonna the watch the game. Wow. Big. Big if true. Yes. We have to make sure that we confirm that in two weeks. You're not doing a great job of selling me. Like, I get it. It exists. Patrick Mahomes on one and side. And inside Philadelphia, I'm sure there will be some of it. And right? we need the Eagles to win. But so they, they've literally both won Super Bowls since they moved on from Andy Reid. Everybody proved themselves right in this process. We need the Eagles There's to win. There's nothing left there. So that the Ravens see what happens when you go get A.J. Brown. I, and I, I don't, well, I don't think he's going to be available again this offseason, dog. I, I know, but you're going to be able to go AJ get AJ Brown, Brown. But you get somebody. You get you know you get a number one. I, or or be the team that gave your quarterback a billion dollars because that's worked out okay for the yeah. team that gave the quarterback so a billion. There dollars. There's two rooting it. There, there's rooting interest on both sides for Baltimore. What does that may mean for the Ravens? So they they you see both so teams either that one are of them good. will win. Yeah, I don't understand what you're trying and then to say. The Ravens either they got a. Break you off are, Lamar. You're not doing a great job of or this. Or do both, obviously. You're not, you're, not doing a, you're not doing a great job of this, dog. You're not I guess I guess no one's going to watch the Super Bowl. No, I think we're all going to watch it. It's just not an overly compelling Super Bowl. The, Buffalo, San Francisco would have been a wildly compelling Super Bowl, right? Like, you have literally the last pick of the draft facing a franchise yeah. that's never won a Super Bowl before. That's an unbelievably compelling Super Bowl. As much as we don't like Cincinnati, their story is compelling, like, those were compelling things. This was sort of like a, okay. I mean, Philly's kind of compelling, I guess, because they, they you know, they took a, guy, a chance on a guy that wasn't a first-round quarterback, and they did the thing that everybody thinks you should do. But, like, we all knew going into the season they had built this type. Like, we all looked at the Eagles roster and said, yeah, they should probably win the NFC. Like, they should probably go do that. And they did. It's not like they came out of nowhere. The NFC was that, bad. That long five-year drought. Right. That, that Boy, it's just been – it has to be miserable to be a Philadelphia fan. It's it's fine. Like, I'm not saying the teams don't deserve to be there or something like that. Like, it's a fine Super Bowl. But it's just – there's not anything extraordinarily compelling about it to me. I don't have any rooting interest at all. I love Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams is one of my favorite dudes. Um, so I'll root for him, I think. I think I will. There's Baltimore guys on both rosters, Zach McPherson in Philly and, and Joshua Kando in Kansas City. 
Um, it's it's fine. It's just fine. We'll have two weeks to talk about that. I'm sorry. I can't lie to you. I wish I could bamboozle you into thinking that I cared more. Is Zach McPherson on the Eagles? I said that. Oh, you did? I, I was yeah. on the phone. Yeah. yeah. I said there's Baltimore guys on both teams. Zach McPherson on the Eagles, Joshua Kano on the Chiefs. Like, I, there's just nothing cool. Cool. They'll go play the game now. Well, in two weeks. We can talk about it for two weeks, and I can tell you how not compelled I am. It's fine. It's fine. They did very deserve Two good teams. Good for them. All right, uh, we'll we'll have plenty of time for Super Bowl talk between now and a week from Sunday. Let's switch gears right now. Let's talk some college basketball this morning. Maryland uh, handled business against Nebraska, got the a 19-point win on Saturday, and have sort of stabilized after a, a bumpy stretch on the road. They've stabilized. Obviously, they've been extraordinarily good at home. Joining us now, this man, of course, the former head coach at Illinois as well as Kansas State. It is a pleasure for us to welcome back into the program Coach Bruce Weber from the Big Ten Network, who's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. Good to be on with you, Glenn. It's great to chat with you. I've really enjoyed your work on Big Ten Network. I, I don't want to take anything away from what you've accomplished as a coach, uh, but i got to tell you, man, you are really good at this. You are – there's a, there's an energy, there's a fun factor that you bring to TV, Coach, and I have greatly enjoyed you in this role this season. Well, I appreciate that, and and you know I want to make it fun. Um, also, hopefully, bring a little bit of a per- coach's perspective. I I kind of laugh because I'll say stuff to you know the other the other announcers, and they'll like look at me and like really, and I like yeah, well, you've been watching basketball your whole life, don't you know that? And it's just kind of funny. It's just some cer- certain little things that I guess as a coach you deal with every day, and. Um, and they just kind of on the outside maybe don't see that, see our perspective at least. Well, I've I've really appreciated you bringing it. I, I want to get your your thoughts on where this Maryland team is because as we talked about, the, our expectations were pretty low. They vastly surpassed them in the opening weeks of the season. Things kind of got a little dicey from there. They got their butts kicked a couple of times, including by a Michigan team that. Turns out is not very good at all, um, but they've stabilized. They're good on days. They're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's, that's I, they were. funny. The whole league is like that. That's, so, a, that's a great point. But, you know, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I, I talked to Kevin at Media Day, and, and he actually quietly, I think, you know, was pretty excited about his group. And, um, and, and the players, when you, you know, heard them talking, they were confident and you know, all, you know, you can tell everyone, some are saying the right things and other guys kind of really feel it. And, and then here they jump out and, and have some, you know, play really good basketball, have some huge, huge wins. And then I, I'm not sure what happened there in that little stretch. And, um, but it seems like you said, they've, they've kind of got their energy back. I, I thought last week, the Wisconsin game, uh, and the Nebraska game, you know, just playing, uh, playing hard, playing together, uh, they're clicking a little bit, and obviously a big one coming up against Indiana. I, you know, this would be you got to protect home court uh, down the stretch here. I think they're five and five, five home games, five road games. Uh, all these home games, including Purdue in that mix, 
uh, are going to be really, really important for them. You know, I, I wanted to talk about Kevin specifically because we're inclined to like Kevin Willard. He has played all the right notes. He's been great in interviews. He's been great in press conferences. And, you know, as to, to the point, they've won a good bit, and that's all you can really ask for. But what jumps out at me is a team that doesn't really have a lot of depth. The, the things that he's done, the buttons that he's pushed – to try to overcome those things, it feels like, and I'm not trying to take a shot at anybody else, but it feels like he's had to do some real coaching. Like, I, and I, I hope you know what I mean. Like, there are times where it seems like the players are really good, the coach just shouldn't get in the way, right? But like this season, yeah. it feels like he's had to really coach to overcome and steal minutes out of guys that, you know, maybe shouldn't necessarily be playing at this level. And for the most part, it's worked. How much credit should he be getting for that? Yeah, I think it's important, and and you know, again, uh, I talk about the fans or other you know people on the periphery. You know, you don't realize how hard it is sometimes, and and there's no doubt when I look at their roster, they they have a pretty good, solid you know five, definitely four, and then you know you have Carey step up and and shoot the ball like that. It, it's important, but you know, then to manage that that next group, and they need some depth. They, they need depth. It's not just them and are in the Big Ten. There's there's a few other teams that get into that bind also. So, you know, they he's he's done a nice job. I like how they mix defenses. They keep you off guard. Um, you know, I think Young is playing with a lot of confidence now, and uh, you know, and, and taking a nice step for them. There's no doubt about that. So, I but I I like what Coach Willard's done. Um, you know, he, he brings a little bit of that East Coast toughness that, that, you know, to me, I've always admired as as a coach from the Midwest. Each section of the country has a little different way of playing basketball, but there's no doubt he's brought that, that toughness to them. Coach Bruce Weber is with us here on GCR from the Big Ten Network. We're talking some Terps. He got he got 25 minutes out of Patrick Emelian the other day. Ten points and seven rebounds. I my God, like if they could if they can get that, I, I guess the two things that really jumped out at me when they've struggled on the road this season, Coach, like the depth obviously and particularly in the front court, the depth has been a problem. And then the three point shooting, right, has just not been consistent enough. And you've seen where they've been their, their best typically when they've been attacking and, and getting to the rim. But if they can get some more quality minutes out of a Patrick a million and, and give them something, and I get it, maybe Nebraska's not the best barometer for what somebody can give you. But boy, that would go a long way to solving some of these problems that they've dealt with on the road. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. If you can get, you know, with that group, if you can get 10 points, 12 points from the bench, you know, some way. And sometimes it's stealing a bucket. The ball bounces in somebody's hand. They get a layup or a putback or free throws or something like that. I think that's really important. It eases the pressure on that that starting five. So, you know, and Patrick jumps up and makes those shots. Uh, Carey makes some shots. You know, it just it makes it a lot easier. I think the big key, though, is, you know, Reese, when he stays in the game. Yeah. And they can, you know, he, you know it just makes a world of difference because he's a scoring threat in there. He's got some bounce, um, you know. He, he and they got to keep him out of foul trouble, and, you know. Especially when you you're coming up on, you know, three of the better big guys in the country. When you play a Indiana, a Purdue, and yep. a Michigan, yep. um, he's got to stay in the game if they're going to have success. No, he was the he was the reason why they were in the game against Purdue on the road a couple weeks ago, right? Like his, I, I know Zach Eady got his, but he's going to. He's an alien. Um, he was there battling, and 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 he did well in that game. 
Um, Coach, I, I guess trying to figure out the consistency thing, like I, can you explain? I, I know that the dumb guy thing is to say it's, it's easier for everybody to play at home than it is on the road, right? Like that's college basketball is what it is. But is there something about this team in particular to you that jumps out that explains maybe why there's been such a discrepancy home and road this season for this team? Well, you know, as you said, every team plays off of the energy at home and the excitement. Um, I don't. I think the two things you brought up really stand out is is their shooting. You know, on the road, no one, very few teams shoot as well on the road, and right. that's just kind of part of it. The really good ones do, and they that's why they're in the top twenty or wherever the top of the league. And and then their depth, because you usually get the you get a foul or ticky tack thing or something now son you know you're going and playing with some other guys uh on the on the on the road but the other part their defense good and especially when they're energized and flying around there and you a lot of times on the road you don't quite have that bounce that energy to get those steals to get those deflections to get some easy baskets and transition and and that's to me, when I look at it, you know, and again, I haven't studied every game, but I, I would say that's the thing, uh, their formula for them, if they're going to have any consistency. And now you look at their road games, you know, you're at, you got at Minnesota, you have at Nebraska later on, you, you know, um, Ohio State has struggled. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you got a chance to possibly, you know, get a couple more road wins. And if you predict home court now, you're, you're sitting in that definitely on a we got one by going into the big ten tournament for sure he is coach bruce weber he's with us here on gcr coach one more on maryland i just want to ask you about the league um big picture you know this is a you know what the expectations are at a place like maryland right like you you certainly understand that this is a a rabid fan base and that this is a program that's still only you know two decades removed from a national championship and there's the belief that there is the talent level in this area that you should be competing at that type of level. Do, do you feel like there is a stabilization that's there and that Kevin Willard can be the guy to bring Maryland back to that level of prominence or are Maryland fans maybe a little bit, I don't know, crazy and expecting that that's what the program is going to be when they're not, you know, Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or North Carolina or something like that. I, you know, I think the big thing, one, all fans are crazy. I'll tell you that. It doesn't matter what part of the country, but, uh, and they all have their false expectations and all that stuff. And now they got social media so they can express their opinion when they shouldn't. But, um, you know, I think it's a great recruiting base. You need stabilization. You need somebody there that gets the. But I, I want to right now is how do you in college basketball? How do you stay old? You know, that's the big thing. You know, how do you get old with as a team? And then how do you stay old? And it, you just look at the teams that are having success. They have older players, veteran players. So can you get that nice formula with their recruiting base, getting some of the top young guys? And then mixing in a transfer, a portal guy here or there, um, I think that's, it's, to me, when I look at the formula from the outside, I think that's going to be a key. And you get somebody like Young, you know, to come and transfer him and give them the kind of numbers and year he's given. That, that makes such a difference, especially when you lose a couple guys every year that are going to be key. So I, I think he's, he's going to bring some stability and, 
uh, you know, the recruiting part, and he's kind of been able to go find some players um, at Seton Hall and different places he's been, and and that's the key too. Can you find, you know, Zach Eady? Nobody. And I, I mean, I saw him. He didn't score when he when I saw him play. So it did. You know, Matt Painter found something in him, and then you know, you find those certain guys that can elevate your program and then be happy being there and stay in your program. Uh, he's a. I mean, that's a different thing. <laughs> he's not human. <laughs> My God, you just it's look- amazing his, his how he's developed. It's just crazy. Even from the I went to two or three practices early and. Even from the beginning year to now, uh, I, you could see him real proud last week on Michigan. Actually, Hunter Dickinson could get on his one left shoulder and, and hold his ground, and he drops steps and shoots a lefty hook, and you could see him running down the court real proud that he did it. So <laughs> that, that type of development is, is amazing for him, and he's a good passer. And probably the best thing, when your best player has the best attitude and works hardest, you know what? It makes coaching so much easier, and you can just see he doesn't have emotion. He plays hard. He's a team guy. He'll if they double team, he'll pass. You know, he back, he's the backstop to the defense. So, um, you know, Matt, Matt, I tell Matt all the time, you better enjoy it because yeah. when he's gone, it's going to be a lot different. No <laughs> doubt about it, man. I I was uh, I was joking with our buddy Chris Naki uh, the other day. He and Chris was like, you know, I look around the league and I see a bunch of ten and ten teams in Purdue. And then I said, and if we're being honest, Purdue's probably a 10-10 and 10 team that just so happens to have an alien on their yeah. roster. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love the alien folks. Man. Um, yeah. He's special. So, there, no and, you know, I, when you say long-term, too, I'm thinking this season, I can see a Maryland team um, going in the NCAA. You get the right matchups, they 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 could win a couple games and get some more. There's going to be several teams in the Big Ten that, that get down – that can move on to the Sweet 16. Again, you get in the tournament, are you healthy, um, and then do you get the right matchups? That matchups is really, really key. Uh, what a what a world it would do for, for Kevin Willard, not not just to make the tournament, but if they could pluck off a win or two, my God, like the way that would energize this community and, and get people buying in, it would be overwhelming. But uh, if I could, just uh, quickly, Coach, I uh, wanted to ask you about one other guy because we just had him on the show last week. He's a Baltimore kid. I think the story of what Cam Spencer is doing at Rutgers this season and how good they've been is really incredible. And for someone that, you know, didn't look the part and and grinded his way out and saw his brother go prove himself in the league, um, I, I think it's a really cool story for us. Obviously, it's local. We would, wouldn't have minded him being on the Maryland roster. That would have been all right for us. Um, but what have you seen from Cam Spencer? How impressed have you been by him? Well, again, earlier when I talked about be get old and, and stay old, and he's an older player. He's been through it. It's the, you know, the old guys that go to the church, and they're playing against the young guys, and they're not jumping, and they're shot faking and passing the ball and doing all that stuff. They just have that feel, and he's got that feel. He's He's got some size. He can shoot the ball. He has confidence, and he's a great mixed player for what they have. Um and he, you know, he really has done a better job defensively than, you know, you, you hear about uh, Coach Peichel talks all the time that he's a pretty good defender, too, for them. So, um, you know, he, he's a nice story. There's no doubt. Uh, a lot of times guys make that jump and they don't have the, quite the success. But in his case, it's, it's, it's been impressive. But that Rutgers team is, 
another team I I every time I think oh they're definitely the second best team in the league and then they go to Iowa and give right. up 90 points it's, so again when you talk about road stuff you know it's 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 different for everyone in defense you got to have the thing Purdue and I don't want to switch off it I I keep saying it I don't think people give Purdue and Matt enough credit for their defense and that's why you win road games that's always been an important formula I was trying to do the math in my head, so I, I came up with Kamal Stokes and Chester Frazier. you have any other great Baltimore? Like, Is there somebody I'm blanking on? No. Think? Yeah, not right. I can't think of anybody, but obviously Chester was, was a special one for me, and then Cam Stokes had unbelievable career. He's actually back. Uh, he just had uh, ACL surgery. He was playing overseas and, and, or, and tore his ACL, which I'm – I know he's making recovery now, so his good family and love coming there. But Chester would take, bring me back recruiting to uh, Baltimore, and it was always fun to come back there and watch the guys and, and then see how many people respected him. But he, oh. he's, he's going to be a head coach pretty soon. So uh, wish you know wish him all the best. And then I, Cam Stokes wants to do TV and announcing, so – Hopefully we'll see him on the air sometime in the future. I love that. And yeah, Chester, much like uh, Bino Ranson, very much Pied Pipers in this area. I walk around, and they're like godfathers, man. Everybody loves those guys. <laughs> Everybody here has a story. Uh, at Coach, we had, uh, yeah, go ahead, Coach. We had Rowdy Recruiter, too. He's a D.C. guy. I know that's a little bit different, but uh, when you brought up Chester and the Pied Piper, when I got the job at K-State, I wanted to find out if Rodney or was I was talking to people about the K-State job. I wanted to make sure Rodney was happy and going to stay. So I called Chester and Chester called Squirrel and Squirrel called somebody else to get a hold of Rodney. And then Rodney ended up staying. We won the Big 12 and now he's in a, oh gosh, eight, nine years in the NBA. So it's a, it's a fun story with that one too. That's great stuff. Uh, at Coach Bruce Weber on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, seriously, could not be enjoying you more. Uh, doing the games and doing the studio stuff this season. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thank you so much for doing it. All right. Good to talk to you. Hope we'll be back on at the end of the year and you're celebrating some NCAA tournament. From, from your lips to God's ears, my friend. That sounds very good to me. Thank you, Coach. Coach Thank you. Coach Bruce Weber from Big Ten Network. Uh, appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. I He's been great. Stan and I were talking about it on a Friday. I think he's been awesome. I, I've really enjoyed Bruce Weber on TV this season. I think he's been excellent. So appreciate him taking the time for us this morning talking a little Terps. All right. Uh, hour number one of today's program is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You're not going to believe this, but there's there's a big game coming up. Griffin's actually going to watch it. I think it's going to be a good game. You might even be compelled <laughs> enough to put some American dollars on that game. Yeah, we'll see. You didn't have a good weekend. Some of us did. Some of us had good job. very good, good weekends. Job. Of course, that might be a good time to say, stop. stop. <laughs> you know better. I'm not going to do that. Uh, lots of offers. Uh, bet $5, win $150 in free bets. Bet $5. Get $150 in free bets. But, you know, there's just all that sort of stuff that's available. $10 and get $200 in free bets from BetMGM. Lots of great offers available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. If you played that DraftKings thing from this past week, you were a winner. Both quarterbacks threw for more than one yard. It was an easy $150 for you. And... Got a funny feeling that between now and two weeks from now, 
There might be a few of those types of offers that pop up for you. So I will be checking at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Make sure you take advantage of all of the great offers available to you for sports betting. We come back in. We will recap the weekend in picks. Jeremy Kahn's going to join us in a bit as well as we continue along on a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. A couple of things quickly. John Little Rock. I, yes, it's the two best teams. I just wish that they were coming in more in form. That would be more compelling to me if I thought the Eagles had played you know, brilliantly yesterday or that the Chiefs, again, weren't limited by injuries to their two best players. It might turn out to be the greatest Super Bowl of all time. But as far as my like interest level in it, it's meh. 
It's fine. It's a game. They're going to play it. I'm going to watch it. It's all good. I don't have a lot of other feelings towards it. I don't have a rooting interest in the game at all. I don't think there's a more compelling story than the other. I I think it's two good teams playing in a football game. And that's cool. Like, that's cool. I'm not... Like, I'd rather them be there than the than the Titans. <laughs> like, I'm not... But, eh. That's, that's it. That's all I got for you. That's all I can give you. I mean, right? They got two weeks. They're going to be ready. They're going to put on a good show. I, I, did I say they're not going to be ready? Like, it's uh, you're you, saying something that you, I'm not saying. You're saying it like I think it's going to be a terrible Super Bowl. Kinda, saying, that's the, that's no, the vibe I'm getting. not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that for two weeks, this is what we have for two weeks. Right, okay. There's not two weeks worth of stuff there. Now, I get it. There rarely is. Like, that's the truth. The truth is there's far fewer Super Bowls that really have two weeks' worth of compelling. If your team's not involved. If your team's involved, there's a month worth of compelling. Two weeks isn't enough. <laughs> Fact. When there's when it's not your team, it's harder to find two weeks' worth of compelling things to talk about. It. The Bengals being in a Super Bowl last year was a big story, right? The last two years, you've had a team playing at home. The Tom... Tom Brady always presents an amount of compelling to a Super Bowl because he's every time he's in a Super Bowl, he's flirting with some other level of history. There's always something there. The best player in the league is in the Super Bowl. That's a good thing, right? Like, that's, that's cool. But he's won one before, so there's not like a, you know, coronation moment coming. It's just... Can Patrick Mahomes win another Super Bowl? Which is not a nothing. It might become a storyline out of it if they lose. Like, it might become a storyline that now Patrick Mahomes has lost multiple Super Bowls. And that perhaps becomes part of his narrative. Probably unfair considering he lost one of them with zero offensive line in front of him. Tom Brady's like ruined everything. Like it's, I mean, he he won like winning one Super Bowl should be like a big deal. And Pat Pat Mahomes already I, it, did that. And it now is. we have it's to. still winning. Winning your first Super Bowl yeah. is still a big deal. I and I think the other part of it is we don't know yet what Jalen Hurts is. Like we don't know that Jalen Hurts. the The story with the Eagles seems to be more about the totality of what they built than the quarterback himself, which doesn't take anything away. We think he's good. I don't know that any of us believes Jalen Hurts is a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL. I think we all think he's a good quarterback that was given, I mean, Gucci around him. And so there's not a very compelling story there of like this being the moment to anoint Jalen Hurts necessarily because we just don't know exactly what Jalen Hurts is. I think he's... A good player. I think that, you know, he deserved to be in the MVP conversation this season. But I still just don't fully know. I don't know that we're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts five years from now as being one of the top quarterbacks. I'm One of them. He's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Like, I mean, that's for sure, I think. And I haven't done the math in my head recently, yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's a top 10 quarterback overall in the league. I can't imagine there being 10 guys that you want more than him. He's probably in the around eight, somewhere around there. I mean, I guess it's depending on how you feel about some of the older guys that are still lingering, right? Like, where do you still have some of those guys on this list? I don't know. 
I don't know where you would find Matt Stafford on the list at this point, right? Like, I, it, that's sort of why it's it, it sure as hell ain't Russell Wilson. We know that at this point. Um, it's 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 fine. It's fine. It it really is to me fine. And I hope that it proves to be the greatest game that we've ever seen. I hope it proves to be because we haven't gotten we had how many of of every playoff game this season. I get it. Last year, the bar of the the Buffalo-Kansas City thing is insane, right? Like, nothing will ever match that. But how many unbelievable playoff games have we had this year? Well, I mean, yeah, you, last you had, week wasn't good. You had Jacksonville-LA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And that wasn't really an unbelievable game as much as it was an unbelievable comeback. It wasn't mano-a-mano unbelievable game, but that's the closest thing we've had to an unbelievable, I'm so glad I sat down and watched this and spent my time with this football game. During the course of these playoffs, that's am I missing something here? Um, yeah, not really. I mean, the Bills Dolphins game was mm. was okay. Yeah, man, it yeah. was it was it was okay, right? <laughs> like it was okay. It, it was weird. I feel like more than anything else, it was okay. So I would love for there to be a classic Super Bowl ahead of us to to kind of make up for the fact that for the most part, the playoffs have been kind of a dud and just really all primetime games just all year yeah there haven't been a lot there have been a few but there haven't been a lot it has not been a very compelling season for those types of games you're right i like this one state farm so wins at state farm stadium this season uh the the chiefs have one the eagles have one the cardinals only have one well there you go so somebody's gonna end up right one of these teams will have the most wins there you go (laughs) it's also weird how few coaching vacancies has been have been filled like that's a weird bit too that i was i was sort of thinking about it's like, man, that's. It feels like there should be more teams that should have hired their coach because this is Senior Bowl week. Yeah. Like, this is normally. D'Amico Ryan's will probably be announced for. Houston. Oh yeah, I guess I forgot that I did see that this weekend that he yeah. had sort of taken over as being the favorite. So yeah, I mean, and and make, there's some logic there, obviously being you know that's where he played and all that. I I don't know. I think I like D'Amico Ryan, so I'm happy for him. It's still an awkward spot to be, dude. I still don't. Like, there's a part of me that would be like, yeah. They offered fired coach back back years, huh? Uh, anybody else call? <laughs> anybody else maybe say next year they might be interested? <laughs> it's an awkward spot to be in. Um, before we recap picks quickly, uh, too, I did notice over the weekend. Obviously, I, like everybody was making a big deal about Eric Bieniemy. I believe Jeremy Fowler reported Eric Bieniemy last week, so I'm not really sure why that became such a big story over the weekend with Eric Bieniemy and the Ravens like that that had been out there for was he announced for another team or something no he was announced uh, or I mean, like there was, interviewing there was, with another there was team. a re- the Colts I guess well, I don't, they, he might have been announced with other teams it was a lot of noise about Eric Bieniemy and the Ravens over this weekend and I Kellen Moore's out there uh Adam Schefter said the chief Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy has been requested to interview for the Ravens offensive coordinator job he also remains under consideration for the Colts head coach job and the Titans OC job. And that got a ton of play because it was tweeted out yesterday. And I was like, I, again, five days yes. ago, Jeremy Fowler said that. So what am I missing here? The bigger story from the weekend as far as the Ravens offensive coordinator search was the reports about Georgia offensive coordinator Todd oh, Munkin. Right, yes. um, and I don't remember. I apologize. I don't remember if it was Schefter who reported it first. But whoever it was... Um, that one was really, it was Tom Pelissero. The Ravens interviewed Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin for their OC job this week per source. Munkin has been eyeing a potential NFL return. He's also slated to speak with the Buccaneers. And that is 
fascinating. Because there you have somebody that maybe can thread the needle perfectly for exactly what you're looking to do and still establishing or keeping a strong run game, but evolving your past style. To me, Todd Munkin became the most compelling name. Again, I admittedly part of this is me just being so messed up about the Lamar situation that I have no idea how to think about any of this. But that was a really compelling name to me. Todd Munkin had previously been the offense coordinator in Tampa, ironically. He was now back in play for that job. I don't I don't know how all that works out. Um it means we'll draft more Georgia players too, which I think is good. I, it does not mean that at all. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Get some Stetson Bennett over here. Yeah, Stetson Bennett had a rough weekend. <laughs> That's he didn't do anything wrong. Well, he definitely did something wrong, Griffin. I mean, he was, like, he was you drunk. Can say, he was drunk. I, you, you can say it's not the end of the world, and I agree with that. It's definitely wrong. Like, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> um, I get it. He's still, a, he's, he's still a young kid, though. He's, what, 30? <laughs> so, out there. God, somebody's tweet was amazing. Like, um, it's, hard to, it's hard to blame um, Stetson Bennett. Because he's grown up, he grew up in the Prohibition era. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, I'm compelled. I'm compelled by Todd Munkin. We will see how that goes. All right, let's recap picks quickly because there are only two games this weekend. And <clears throat> Anyway, I'll say it again in two seconds. Pick recap brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town. Where you find Pressbox, read it all, pressboxonline.com. It is our annual best of issue. It's only on stands for like another two weeks. There you see on the cover. That's Adley Rutschman. He's our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Go get that issue right now before it's gone. Daddy gone. The love is gone. Uh, two games this weekend. Philadelphia, San Francisco. Eagles are favored by two and a half. They just eked it out, 31-7. to I got that point. Kyle got that point. KZ got that point. It was nice to have that one in the bag, right? So then I said, well, anything could happen. In fact, I was doing the math. Uh, when the Chiefs are up 20-13 to 13 in the second game, I was starting to imagine the greatest push oh in football God. history. Okay, so Bengals go for two. It was exactly. I was like, imagine if the Chiefs like go ahead 27-20 and the Bengals go down score and they decide to go for two and then it doesn't matter to me what happens on that play at all. I don't care whatsoever. I'm just high-fiving. A, a clinching push. Oh, my God. It's the greatest push in the history of forever. I did one better than that. I went ahead and won that one, too. Yes, uh, KC was uh, uh, one-point dogs and, and when we got it, and they ended up winning 23-20. to 20. So um, the only thing that mattered this weekend w- or this week was at the top. John Proctor attempted to play some mental warfare with me last week, announced early in the week he was going to take Cincinnati, Giving me the, the time to think about it, like is he going to change his mind? No, didn't, it didn't work at all. Well, the team didn't. No, it win. didn't work. I if the teams had won, it, well, if he had gotten the picks right, but yeah. playing the mental warfare of trying to get me to think about, do I just want to pick the same way as him because then he can't get that point? No, no, no. I thought Kansas City was going to win, and so I went with Kansas. I completely avoided his trap. And just picked what I thought was the right thing to pick in that football You're just game. Just too smart, too good. I outsmarted yeah. him. I outsmarted John Proctor. Uh, I was very nervous. I was very nervous when Kansas City, late in the game, could do nothing offensively. I said, "Oh, this doesn't feel." In fact, I definitely tweeted that it felt like it was a best case scenario when the Bengals got the ball back that they just scored quickly to give Kansas City a chance. 
So I was dead wrong about that because they got the stop. Once they gave up the third and 16, I genuinely had that, oh, this game's over. Mm. Like, they're they're not seeing the ball again. They're going to go 0-4 oh, oh against the Bengals. Like, this is crazy. I was stunned they got another stop. I, I can't believe that anybody's trying to create controversy about the, the late hit call. I mean, you that call gets made 10 times yeah. out of 10. There's not even a, well, one time out of 10 that doesn't get called. He was completely out of bounds. It's not just because it's Patrick Mahomes. Chad Henney would get that call. He's completely out of bounds. You don't have to like, you have to, you know, you can say, I, I know when initially the late hit calls came into play, there was debate about, well, it's a split second decision that you have to make. But for the most part, defenders have figured that out. For the most part, defenders now, there have been times where it's bit him in the ass, right? Because quarterback will get right by the sideline and then, like, realize you're not going to hit him. So they'll try to kind of slip forward for another yard or two. And it's – the NFL at some point might have to say something like, once it's clear that you're going out of bounds, you can't you can't attempt to come back in or something. I, I don't know. But most defenders have figured out what the rule is. With your season on the line, you would think that Osai would have figured out you can't do that. It was pretty clear that Patrick Mahomes was running out of bounds. He was not. Unlike some players who tiptoe, he was almost on a dead sprint out of bounds. Can't do that. I mean, there's just no getting around it. And by the way, the story of the game, ironically, yes, was a bit about Patrick Mahomes, but Chris Jones was a monster. Yeah. God, he was a monster. Well, well, the most bizarre thing in terms of officiating was that third and the third down. Yeah, where look, and it's it's, it's a terrible look for yeah. the NFL, obviously. Kudos to CBS for finding the angle of the official trying to shut down the play so that, like, at least we know that the worst of the conspiracy theorists, they'll still spew whatever nonsense they want to spew, but at least there's proven factual evidence that they're wrong. Like, it's not a conspiracy. The official in the back, away from the play, did attempt to shut the play down, it's just that it was a loud stadium, and he was in the back, and nobody saw it. Now, it looks awful for the yeah, NFL. Because they, the, they let the punt teams go out there. Right, it, and it just like... it looks wretched, and I, I get it. Now, thankfully, they ended up punting on that drive anyway. Honest to God, like that was the best-case scenario for the NFL because it takes any factor out of the equation that that influenced the outcome of the game. It didn't. They punted on that drive anyway. Like It, it was a bad look. I as was pointed out by Gene Steratore, like they actually did everything right there. It's just an awkward circumstance. And you hate that it happened in an AFC championship game. It was weird. Super weird. And the irony of Eli Apple getting called for a penalty. <laughs> The very, of course he did, right? Like, of course that would lead to an Eli Apple penalty. I said to myself, I was like, I was like, oh, big ball don't lie. Like they get the sack and then the flag. Right. And I was like, Correct. oh, no, my ball, ball really doesn't lie. Correct, because it's Eli <laughs> Apple. Exactly right. That's a great point. Ball really doesn't lie. <laughs> Eli Apple got called for a flag. That's maybe one of your better points that you've ever made, if I'm being honest with you, Griffin. Ball really don't lie in that situation. Yeah, bad look. Clearly a bad look for the league. But, again, weirdly, weirdly, appears to have been handled as appropriately as possible after the initial mistake was the clock. They made a mistake with the clock. They screwed up the clock. 
and want, it is the official's job to try to recognize the clock problem, recognized it, tried to fix it. It's just that nobody noticed. It's kind of kind of what it is. Your boy went 2-0 for the week. So did uh, Kyle Ottenheimer and so did Ken Zalas, but it didn't matter at all for them. That was irrelevant. Griffin and Paul Valley both went 1-1. One one. John Proctor probably picked the wrong week for an 0-2. And Andrew Stecka, every week was a good week for 0-2. And, and because of it, it is over. I have clinched first place for the year with a sparkling 88-87 record. Hell yeah, boys! Hell yeah! Um, the only battles now is a battle for second place between John Proctor and Ken Zalas. There's a battle for fourth place between Griffin and Kyle Ottenheimer. Paul Valley has clinched fifth, and Andrew Stecka going out with a bang. 73 and 102 for the year. Uh, has uh, has been done Ben the worm. I, I don't remember who's won every year. Like I I don't I I think I've won before, but I don't even know that. You just you just Ste- know you haven't lost. Stecka no I won. Oh. Well hang on a second. Andrew yeah. Stecka has lost every year. Really? Which is a fact that is a proven fact, even if it's not a fact. <laughs> like, let's be clear about that. Andrew Stecka has always lost. He might not have always lost, but he's always lost. I assure you of that. I don't remember who else has won. Stecka or Proctor can, can tell me who else has won. I think Kyle won one year. I think KZ won one year. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But um, I am our picks winner for the year. We'll still do the Super Maybe we'll do something fun with the Super Bowl and pick like four or five props and have some some sort of side bet for that. I don't know, because otherwise there is no point to the Super Bowl because everything has already been locked up. Picks Recap also brought to you by ooh, Problem Gambling. Remember that gambling should be fun. It can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER 24 7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Joining us now, you can, if you need to improve your gambling odds, you can check out his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. You hear him on the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. He is our pal, Jeremy Kahn. He's with us once again on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? Uh, things are good. So so fill me in on this. The stack of losing. So what is the punishment? Oh. Is- what Dude. event? What is what does the winner get? Do you just get all of the bragging rights? No, nah, like, there's, there's a little bit of cash involved for the winner. It's okay. not it's not much. It's nothing that's gonna you know like it, it's very little. But there's at least enough that we compelled everybody to participate all year long. At the bottom of the table, Andrew Steck is going to have to, and this is I, again straight shoot the third time for sure that he's had to fly across the country to participate in something like this. He's going to have to fly home from Phoenix. And he will be consuming a burger made out of worms. Oh. Yes. He will be eating a worm burger while dressed. He has to eat the whole thing or just try it? No. He has to consume the entire worm burger. Oh. He, he will be doing it while dressed as the worm Dennis Rodman from his uh, wedding dress era. So he's got to do. Is he going to do the hair and everything? He's got it. He's got to do the way. Uh, I don't know. Andrew Stecker doesn't really have the option for. We'll have to figure out how to do that with Andrew Stecker. We said beard. Get a right? nose piercing while you're at it. Yeah, too. I would prefer I if he did a nose piercing. I agree. And yeah. he will perform a Scotty Too Hotty inspired version of the worm, and attempt oh. to wiggle around. And whoever he drops the worm on will then be able to get their heat back by giving him a Rikishi-style stink face as sort of the, the coup d'etat there uh, for the punishment. Oh. So, yes, he's going, to ha- he's going to have to purchase a ticket to fly home 
from Phoenix to do all of these things. Ah, see, oh, didn't he have to eat a tarantula one year? Or something, yes, or? he had to eat a tarantula one year. So he had to do shots of tuna fish and sardine juice every ten minutes off of an ice luge one year. Oh, I couldn't do that. I was yeah. thrown up multiple times. Oh, it was. Oh, man. It was. We all tried it, and we all oh. felt the exact same way. It was. Oh. It was a rough day. So, can I ask a serious question then? And I don't know if anybody's ever posed this to Andrew, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I know people who do this. Yes. They pick all their plays, and then they make their plays the opposite of whatever they're picking. I believe he told us. Been, yes, I believe he told us one week he did attempt that, and it did nothing for him. It was still the exact same level of failure. So oh, that's very disappointing. Yeah. He's just got a black cloud over him. Then it's rough, man. It is a it is a rough. I hope he's not betting American dollars. I hope it's just our competition. That he might become Andy the Mush. Put him in the bathroom. No doubt. Put him in the bathroom. Oh my God, Joey man, the Whale. If if yeah. you guys had bet against Decca this year, you would have been rolling. Like you would have been cleaning up this season. Best handicapper in the world. Opposite of Andrew, 100%. right? That percent. Oh. 73 and 102 for the year. I don't know any handicapper that went 102 and 73 on the season. Like, if you just go a little bit over 500 for the year, you can get a job. Like, you can get employment yeah. because of it. 102 and 73, the anti-Andrew Stetka. Rough, Ooh. rough scene. Uh, how was your weekend, my friend? I was okay. I had um, I had the Chiefs as my lock, so uh, obviously felt good about that, but I thought the game was going to be close either way. And I, I had the Eagles over, which... I mean, I got to be honest. You feel a little cheated when the uh, the quarterback that's got him there goes out, and you're like, "All right, well, I just need this guy to get me a couple points," and then he gets hurt, and then they bring back the first quarterback that can't throw it over five yeah. yards. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you feel a little. I feel it. I'm worried about the bet, but as a fan, you feel jobbed on the game because, like, I, I look the way Philly was playing in that game. I don't know that they lose, but would have liked to have seen it have been a better game because neither team was really trying in the second half. I am, I am, I, I'm getting beat up a little bit for this. I don't find this Super Bowl, from a betting standpoint, it's a different conversation. I mean, just from a, this is what sports media is going to do for the next two weeks, is talk about this. I'm not very compelled by this matchup. It doesn't mean they don't deserve to be there. It doesn't mean we not, might not get a great game. But, like, the Kelsey brothers thing, like, is cool for to say it out loud, and then I don't really care. Like, I just don't. And... You know, like the Andy Reid thing is kind of neat, but like outside of Philadelphia, I don't know why it's really that much of a story that he's facing his former team. Just I don't find this to be a very compelling two weeks worth of sports media content Super Bowl. Yeah, when I when I first heard that two brothers were meeting in the Super Bowl, I was like, damn, they got bold talking about Hurts and, and Patrick Mahomes oh, going at it. We got two brothers, but yeah. they've actually meant two actual brothers. Right, two um, but, but that yeah, is the yeah, first time like, ever. That that by the way is like again, it's a it's just a sort of an not like it, it is the first time there will ever be two black uh, uh, starting quarterbacks in a Super Bowl either. So there yeah. is that. So we have, we had two black head coaches when Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith went at it. I'm trying to remember if there was another time um, it, that that happened. But but yeah, I think you're right. Like I'm gonna I already know I'm gonna be on the Chiefs, which makes me sick because I I'd rather the Eagles win this. Um, but uh, but that being said, like you know, you, you look at the way the teams are assembled. Um, I just, I think we're in for a fun game, but I'm just surprised that everybody's on the Eagles to start off with. So to explain it, because I saw a story last night about how the line fluctuated dramatically in the first two hours of the game. Like what? Where? Where did it go? Well, right now I see Philly at two and a half. I didn't get to see what it opened up at. I well, I, I feel ashamed because 
it's my norm. But after the game was over, I already had my phone on the charger and I didn't bother to get out of bed. I just went right to bed. But, uh, but I didn't check where it started. I'll have to look at that tomorrow. But my assumption is that it was kind of like a pick or maybe a, um, you know, somewhere in that range. And then it got bet up to two and a half on Philly side already. Like it, it, there was some really weird line movement with Kansas City last week. And I feel like the initial thought was, while Burrow just killed the Bills, he's going to Cincinnati or going to Kansas City and they may not have their quarterback. So it got pressed up. But then all of a sudden people were like, oh, wait a minute, Pat Holmes isn't wearing a walking boot. And he's going through full practice. Right. That doesn't seem right. And right. Doesn't seem like the norm. But um, he played. I mean, you can see he was in pain. And whether you believe it or not, they said he didn't get a shot before the game. Um, but. I'm sure he got one after because he looked like he was in some pain. God, I mean, Travis Kelsey was clearly not 100% either. But So I got this email last night at 11.05 from our friend Jimmy Shapiro, and this was the line specifically at Bet Online. It opened Casey minus one, moved to a pick, then Philly minus one, back to okay. a pick, Philly minus one, Philly minus one and a half, Philly minus two, Philly minus two and a half. And that's all just from the end of the AFC Championship game to 11.05 p.m was all of See, that I, I, yeah i think the the sharps that jumped on earth they they'd love it to get the three and then bet it back down and try to middle this game but um or just find a, a complete advantage on getting you know plus money like good money with with kansas city i, I mean that's what i believe but again what we'll to see where everybody's at i, I was kind of shocked that there was so much action on cincinnati but i get it it all added up for a, a premier public bet and um, they almost made it happen. If, if not for that that penalty, who knows what happens in that game? Wow, well, the way that it was trending, I even said on Twitter at one point, like when when the Bengals got the ball back late and it was tied, there was definitely the feel for me of it might be the best case scenario for the Chiefs if the Bengals just get behind them and score a quick touchdown and give them two minutes to try to go back down the field. Like when they converted the third and sixteen, I was truly convinced the game was over. Like that the the, yeah. the Chiefs weren't seeing the ball again. The Bengals were getting into field goal range and they were about to make it four straight against the Chiefs. Uh, I, and that's that's kind of how I felt too. But um, you know, look, we we had some heroics. At least we got one good game because that San Fran game stunk. But uh, it was fun watching those two guys go at it. And then I've heard some people say, "Is this the new Manning Brady?" Which you know that could have been brought up last year too. Uh, with these two guys, you can throw Josh Allen in the mix. But I think there's a lot of guys that are going to have a say so in you know how this thing breaks down in the AFC because I think the AFC is loaded with good young quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, and look, I, I still think that you get the right coach around Justin Herbert. There's a lot to like there. I think we all saw that Trevor Lawrence came into his own this year, and, you know, there's still some guy named Lamar Jackson that may or may not be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, you know, who knows if he's going to be in the AFC or not long term. We will. Uh, and we will maybe hunt. they let Russ cook finally. Who knows? In Denver. Uh, no, I'm yeah, I'm not really. I think I'm. I think I'm good there. I think I've gone yeah. ahead and moved on from that one. I'm I, surprisingly okay. You yeah. know. You know. It's weird. We brought this up earlier too. Part of the reason why I'm not compelled is I still don't know what to make of Jalen Hurts either. Like we had the conversation earlier. I, the Eagles' story is the totality of the team, right? Like, is the insane job that they did in building maybe the most complete roster. I don't know that we've ever seen in the modern era of football. Like, it's insane, the roster that they built. Jalen Hurts was still in the MVP conversation this year, but I don't. none of us think he's a top-five quarterback in football. Like, I, I do think that of the, of the compelling stories, trying to figure out what Jalen Hurts is is kind of a compelling story to me because I, I don't know that he's one of the best quarterbacks in football just being kind of the steward of – 
what is one of the greatest rosters that's ever been assembled by an NFL team. Yeah, especially in the salary cap era, too. I think that's the one uh, contingency that we'd have to put in there because there were probably rosters that were equal to it before the salary cap era or maybe better, but, like, nobody nobody put up 70 sacks before. I mean, that's the number's just ridiculous of what they were doing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, And it's funny when you try to start poking holes in their offense and their defense and where their weaknesses might be. But all I know is I I think Jalen Hurts is getting himself paid. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how much the shoulder injury is affecting him because they really haven't – look, they've had two blowout games in their two playoff games. So has he been – he hasn't been called upon to where he's got to sling it all over the football field. But but look, I mean, he's had a great season, and I don't know how – how he's not paid as one of the top five guys, even if he's not one statistically. Right. Uh, that 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 yeah. part undoubtedly, like you, it, it, mm-hmm. Jeremy Khan is with us here on GCR. You have to do that. That's the way that this thing works. This is what makes the Lamar Jackson conversation so frustrating. Is like this. This is football. Like it doesn't matter if he's a top five guy. It's that he's a guy and he comes up for a contract, and that's how you do this in this league. Or you don't have a quarterback. I just. Like I, it feels disrespectful the way that I'm talking about him because he's played so well this season. But I, I don't know how different it would be if it was Jalen Hurts or I'm trying to think of a perfect name to put into this mix. If it was Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance. If it was Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. Hell, I don't know how different it would be if it was Jalen Hurts or or Jared Goff. Like I think Jared Goff yeah. probably gets you to the Super Bowl with the roster that the Eagles put together. I mean, you'd like to think so. I, I look. I mean, there. Do you do you feel cheated at all that that Purdy went down, or did yes, you feel like the I Eagles did, were going to handle that? I, front? I thought the Eagles okay. were going to win the game, but sure. Like, do you probably feel this in a way? I don't know because you you care so much about betting. There is still the part of me like I like betting, but just having a day to sit around and watch football. The last two Sundays, my wife agreed to make dip for dinner both weeks. Like, we she made buffalo chicken dip and sausage, and just sit in the living room. And the boys are into it. Like, they're excited. They've been talking about it with their friends all week. They, they just want to watch football. And so I definitely feel robbed when you get an hour into the football game and you realize, like, oh, the next two hours there's well, not really anything to watch. Like, See, and I, I'm definitely the guy that can get caught because, like, even as much as I love gambling, whether I hit on the play or I miss the play, um, you know, when it's a blowout, I'm turning the game off a lot of times. Right. Now, there are – incidents where it's you know if the ravens are playing i'm obviously not turning the game off because there's a lot to talk about the entire week right but um you know or if it's a random like the nfc championship i wasn't turning that off there was nothing else on that i wanted to watch over that um even though it was a blowout so i finished watching it up until like two minute warning and then i started watching the pregame for the other uh the um the afc championship but but i mean truth be told like i I don't like those games either i'm a sports fan just like everybody else i think gambling can help make the game a little bit more interesting when you're not into it or um but like i could i could bet (laughs) i could bet a salary on a game and watch it i mean i'm gonna check my phone but it's not like i'm gonna be like oh my god what's going on refresh refresh refresh." you know like i and it's weird being in that that zone because i used to talk to well, a guy that uh, you may have known swami too from back in the old days but absolutely swami would put his bets in and then he said he'd check them afterwards to see if they won. And I was Jesus. like, man, how could somebody do that? The fun part is watching the game, but I totally get it now after doing it for years. You become numb to a lot of things. I, I, I get that. I'm, I'm telling you, man, like the moment that my, my, my wife planned the day around, she made a, she made a buffalo chicken dip and a, a cheeseburger dip, and she said, I'm going to make sure they're ready at 530. 
because last week she had him ready at 6, and the first game was over, and we were sitting around not having football to watch for 30 minutes. Right? There was no point. She said, make it for 5.30, so we've got it in the fourth quarter of the, fo- the first game. I'm like, God, I love you. Like, God, I... Man, this yeah. this totally makes up for the fact that you cost me a million dollars at Disney World two weeks ago. Like, I love you. <laughs> and then she brings out the dip, and I'm like, yeah, you guys want to see if there's any basketball on? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just such a letdown. And I talked to so many of my friends. Like, I, I was at the gym yesterday morning, and I was bumping into people I know. And, and my buddy Bruce at the gym, he's like, man, I, I scheduled my hours around being home to watch football today. Like, it's, it's killer because you don't have a – you don't really care all that much. Obviously, everybody around here was rooting against the Bengals, but you don't really have a rooting interest. You just, all you're rooting for is to be entertained for seven straight hours because you realize you're not going to get much more of this. This is over pretty soon. This is your last chance to enjoy football for a few months. So just please entertain me. And God, it sucks when you realize. Yeah, until the USFL shows up and yeah, you gonna, guys are like, yeah. NFL what? Right, correct. Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass my Okay. I'm gonna pass. I'm be good. But it's so funny. Like, like, I, Rita literally will, will try to watch it because she just wants to love football so much. And I say, I love you. I can't do this. I cannot no. pretend to care. I can't pretend to get into it. So, so I've you, tried. I've tried betting it. I try. Like, I just it doesn't do anything for me. But um, nothing. Maybe it'll Zero. pick up one day. Maybe it's just maybe it's a talent. Maybe I don't know. I I have no. I'm not offended by his, its existence. Like I think it's a good yeah. thing to exist. I, somebody brought it up to me. Like, would you feel differently if there was a team in Baltimore? And I said, well, if they hired me to be the play-by-play guy, yeah, I'd feel a lot different about it at that point. But absolutely. I, like you know, I would probably treat it much like I do. Like I I love the fact that the blast, for example, exists. I'm glad that they exist because every now and then. I'd be like, hey, there's a blast game tonight. I got nothing to do. I'll take the kids to the blast game, and they'll have a great time. I appreciate the fact that they exist, but I'm not like I, I'm never. I would never watch a game on TV. I would never be compelled to to try to say, hey, what did the blast do today? It's it's like having the the circus. You know what I mean? Like it's an event yeah. that I could go to. I would be. I would love it if a team existed, but I would not. I, I it wouldn't make me compelled to sit down and watch. I wouldn't say. Well, you know, I, I gotta I gotta watch the Marauders or whatever the hell they'd be called at that point. Yeah. Well that was the thing I was gonna bring up is like uh, and with all due respect to the indoor guys who are out there and I mean they're talented players, but like are they going to draw the same type like there was a Baltimore team here. Yeah. Um I don't think I ever made it down to a game. We had the guys in the studio multiple yeah. times. I've watched their games, um, but uh never actually went to one. But it wasn't something that you know, look, I, I got a busy schedule as it is. Maybe right. if my schedule was a little bit more wide open I'd consider it, but you know, no, I feel bad because there's I, certain things that are not for you. I, yeah. I actually like the indoor product. I just had a bad taste in my mouth because you know it's personal. I can't, I can't. I'll, I'll tell you some other day. It, they, okay. I I interviewed for a job, and I had to drive to another place to interview for a job. And when I got there, they said, "By the way, the job's already been filled. Would you rather have this bad job instead?" I said, <laughs> "You let me. We drive. need people for other jobs. You let me drive multiple <laughs> hours." To interview for a job in Baltimore that you had already I look, it's it was the it yeah. was the, the Baltimore indoor football team was being run by the people in Washington. Like they there was no Baltimore, they just happened to play the games in Baltimore. The team was yeah. run out of DC. And so they asked me to come down and interview for the play by play job, and then when I got there, they said, By the way, Brent Harris already got the job. And I said, oh, congratulations. Well, I, and I love Brent. God bless him. Yeah. I'm like, thanks for letting me drive down here. And then they said, would you, I don't, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to, you know, poop on somebody else that got the job. 
But like they yeah, asked yeah. me to interview for a different job that was a drastically worse job. And I said, I'm good. Thank you for inviting me down. Hopefully they asked you to be quarterback. Was yes, that what it was? It was a terrible job. It was a much, much worse job. That was the way it went. It was, I had a bad taste in my mouth. So, no, I did not go to any of the games because of that. I mean, we've all been there where we're going to something. I, I remember when I was interviewing at another radio station and they were signing me to a new contract. Ah. Um, ah. I was getting signed to a new contract. Yeah. The contract's in front of me. And then the PD pulls the contract. Like, as I'm signing my name, he pulls the contract away. He goes, uh, you know what? I, I don't know that you're big enough name. And then he named Steve Davis and Anita Mark saying that, you know, he he would have rather had one of them. And I said, well, good luck getting them for what's in that contract, by the way. Um, But, but yeah, it was one of the craziest situations I had where I went through this whole interview process and like, he's like, well, we're looking forward to it. I'm sitting there while they're printing the contract up. He slides it over in front of me. And at the last second, pulls it away. He was drunk off his ass. Imagine, imagine, uh, um, I, whatever, I don't care. I don't care. Imagine preferring to have Steve Davis. Well, hey, look, T. Imagine, imagine. Well, I'm sorry. I, I just look back at my like, like I've been passed over so many times. So I get it when guys are in this industry and they're trying to cut their teeth. But like, I worked for free for a year to start off in this business, work my way up, only to be fired for no reason. Yeah. To start back over at another station, work yeah. my way back up, and eventually be told, you know, like, hey, you're not good enough for this. You need to do this, and then. It's just, it's crazy how this business works. Sometimes people are constantly telling you, you can't do it, you can't do it. You know you can. You're just looking for the opportunity. There's no doubt about it. All right, so what 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 has you hot and bothered now? Like, what like there's only one game left. I know you're an NBA guy. Are you already in full NBA mm-hmm. mode? Do you, do you care every day to talk about, like, whatever the latest OC, you know, rumor is? Like, does that drive you in any way, or do you just have to do it because you have to do it? No, just to, to be honest, I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm annoyed by, like, I'm, I'm excited for the, the opportunity to talk about an offensive coordinator, and then we hear all the people that are requesting to talk to. I don't know that I'm enamored with any of the, the names that have come out, but it doesn't, like, I'm, for me, I'm happy that there's change and see what's moving forward. But again, like, is, we still don't even know the basics of it. We've heard plenty of people tell us that Lamar is going to be back, but if you're an OC, don't you want to know who's playing the most important position yep. on the field for you? Uh, I so I, I don't know like and and they keep saying hey we're franchising Lamar but I I just are they franchising until people start making them offers and then they look at that offer and go hey is this something we really can pass up or um, you know is Lamar really going to sign here is he going to have that line drawn in the sand say that it has to be a fully guaranteed deal or 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 else would it make more sense to make a move now if if that's what it is and you're not going to give it to him so I I don't know what their their end game is and that's I think that's the frustrating part and I and I hate speculating about that stuff like to me this is 10 times worse than speculating who they're picking in the first round it has it has been legitimately difficult for me like it has been very difficult for me to talk about anything else to talk about you know what they do with chuck clark talk about like it just all feels sort of like what none of this matters there's one thing Mm -hmm. that matters that's it everything else is window dressing like i I'm happy to talk about Andre Johnson, sure, or not Andre Johnson, Jesus, DeAndre Hopkins. Other you want to talk about Andre Johnson? Yeah, right. Let's talk about Andre Johnson. I'm happy. Can I bring to talk- up Cortland Finnegan then? <laughs> oh yeah, that, what God? What a moment! What a moment in football history. Um, I'm happy to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I'm let's let's talk about it. But like, does it matter if you don't have a quarterback? <laughs> like, imagine yeah. trading for DeAndre Hopkins and being like, and we're gonna let Geno Smith throw him the ball. I mean, Come on, man! Like it, this is so irrelevant if you don't have a quarterback. I, it's, yeah. 
I think I think the only thing that interests people it's it's one of three things. It's drafting a quarterback and trading Lamar. It's trading Lamar and going out and getting a Derek Carr, Ugh. or it's keeping Lamar here. It's one of those three things. I, and because I don't I don't think Geno Smith really interests the fans. Maybe, maybe I, he does. I, I can't imagine Derek Carr. That, I, somebody and I, I'm not trying to beat those guys up, but like I, they they were talking about it on the afternoon show over there. Like who who would be the bridge quarterback that you would prefer? And I was like. I, how is that even a con? Like, in what world is bridge quarterback a word that you're talking about? Like, it, it just um, like imagine having Lamar Jackson being like, "We'll just go with a bridge quarterback." If if you're not gonna have Lamar Jackson, you're not gonna. If he says, "I won't sign," come hell or high water, and you have to move on, you have to move on. You draft your quarterback. Like that's the way this league works. Every bridge quarterback is good enough to not make you good enough to draft your next quarterback. Like that. I, I can't. See, and the, I, ugh, sorry. And the sorry. problem I see is next year is the year you want. With, with all due respect to C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and I hear uh, you. Will Levis, and uh, next year Caleb Williams is the next best thing to come out uh, when he comes out of college. He is the surefire number one, barring some catastrophic injury. He's the real deal. He's legit. He reminds me of Trevor Lawrence. He reminds me of Andrew Luck from a talent standpoint. Cam Newton when they were coming out, and everybody's like, "Well, that's a no-brainer, number one or number two pick, depending on what you're looking for." Um, but with all that said, uh, we still have to wait and see, you know, um, what happens with the Ravens. Because, I mean, you're going to need the number one overall pick or a ton of draft capital to move and try to get up to the number one pick. Like, this would be a year where, you know, the Bears have the number one pick and everybody's like, well, they don't need a quarterback. Well, if I'm the Bears, I'm listening to yeah, every damn correct. trade of everybody that wants Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Yeah, no question about that. And, I, like, my point would be if, if that's how you feel, if you just don't like this crap of quarterbacks, then let Tyler Huntley play next year. Go be bad. Now that doesn't make sense because you built this great defense. Like the, the yeah. like you have to have a stud. You have to have a rock star, and it's why this whole conversation infuriates me. Yeah, and, and it's flawed too because like this is my opinion. The defense on this team is so good. You would literally have to try to be bad to lose games on purpose if that's what the goal was. You know, but behind the scenes, um, I just I don't think this defense shows up and. Like I mean, the offense could be just ungodly bad and and not score, but with the running game and the defense they have, I'd find that hard to believe. What's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? We're all back this week. I mean, we'll obviously be talking about. I mean, I'm I'm assuming we slowly start to get into the Orioles a little bit in their off season, which feels like that's been on the back burner, but there hasn't been any huge splash per se. Um, and then, of course, you know the same shenanigans that we do every week leading up to the Super Bowl, and this is one of those worst sports weeks of the year outside of like February when the Super Bowl ends and you're grasping at things yep. because you feel like you're constantly repeating yourself over and over again. No doubt. At Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 on Twitter. Of course, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? It's... Thanks, man. I'll see you. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, the Big Bad Morning Show. And UMBC basketball back home this Wednesday night against Binghamton. Get your tickets right now. UMBCRetrievers.com to enjoy game day at the peak. We'll come back in. Brett Hollander is going to join us. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. You can bet $5 on the NFL playoffs or any other game and get $150 in free bets guaranteed if you sign up with FanDuel right now through the link at pressboxonline.com offers. Again, that's pressboxonline.com offers. And over the next two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, you know there's going to be new offers popping up every day. So you want to make sure you check them out, pressboxonline.com offers is the place to do it, try to win some money ahead of, i got to make sure whether or not I'm allowed to say it's the Super Bowl. Or not. I mean, it is the Super Bowl. You've, this, you've been saying it for... I know, but it's always, oh. it's a fine line. You can't say it in, an, in, Why? A, com, in I, a commercial because the NFL has proprietary rights. So you can't say it in a commercial, but is what I'm doing, you can state it factually. So I don't know if I'm doing a commercial or stating it factually, and that's what makes it very difficult. So what happens, like if you're not? Like, oh, you're I'm pretty right sure now. that we both get sued for we like a billion dollars. So yeah, we're kind of effed. Oh, that that trip you're supposed to be making to Disney World, I got bad news. Uh, instead, you're gonna make a trip to the Gulag. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go. And it's always the low man on the totem pole. That's sort of the way it works. So, so I get booted. Sorry, buddy. It's oh, not just booted. You have to go to jail. Oh. Like it's just the way it is. I'm, it's, it's unfortunate, but. Hey, man, you know, everybody's got to make a sacrifice every now and then. Okay. Do you want the show to be great or not? Like, I, mean, that's, I guess. That's, yeah. that's, that's the price <laughs> you have to pay. Uh, Griffin's going to be gone the rest of the week. My buddy Rami will be here uh, from 105.7. He's going to come over and hang out with us Tuesday through Thursday, and Zach Goodman will be here Friday. 
Uh, tomorrow we are going to do our annual college lacrosse preview show as uh, the area's coaches are all going to be joining us. Uh, I just got a text from John Tillman this morning. I want to nail that down. I realize I should have. I I'm almost certain he's going to be joining us as well. But uh, everybody else is lined up: Charlie Toomey from Loyola, Sean Natalin from Towson, Ryan Moran from UMBC, and um, Joe Ampelow from Navy, and Peter Milliman from Johns Hopkins. All of the area's college lacrosse coaches will join us because, believe it or not, this coming Saturday is the start of college lacrosse season. Mm. It's Exciting. Bonkers. Uh, Pete Medhurst just pointed out, because Navy is one of the teams that plays this Saturday. I think they have Mount St. Mary's. Uh, 28 degrees. The forecast. Cross weather. For this Saturday. 28 degrees. Now, Navy plays. Hopkins, I think, is at Jacksonville. Oh, good, good for that. Yeah, that's a good way maybe to start can, the season. Maybe they can stop yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a good yeah, haul. Yeah, well, that's I a good haul from Orlando. <laughs> uh, and Maryland plays. I think they play Richmond on Saturday as well. I think they're the only area teams that play this weekend. Loyola opens the season the following Saturday against Maryland. A bummer about the way lacrosse season works out is these cool, like, early season non-conference matchups between local programs all happen when it's miserably cold outside and nobody wants to go to the games. And then you're playing conference games. And I get it. Like, the coaches all want to schedule conference. They don't want to be playing midweek non-conference games late in the season because the conference games are what matter the most but it's just it just kind of stinks <laughs> like there's no way of getting around it it's a terrible time to be playing these marquee games like Loyola Maryland should be massive but it's it's going to be on February 11th it's going to be cold i mean there'll still be a huge crowd there like there will still be a big crowd they'll just be all miserable as it's going to be like 5 degrees outside just kind of the way that it works. Uh, from Dave. Dave checks in this morning and says, Glenn, the thing that jumped out at me as I was watching the Chiefs uh, and Eagles yesterday is that the Ravens don't seem like they're that far off. That's the crazy part about wanting to blow things. What's to blow things up, Dave? I don't think anybody has suggested blowing things up. That's the crazy thing about wanting to blow things up. Oh, I guess you mean specifically with Lamar. Um, the while Patrick Mahomes might be the only quarterback capable of overcoming all of the things that he has overcome, it's proof that even a really good quarterback can still win even if you have to move some money around that you would spend on the rest of the roster. The Eagles are proof that you can win with a lesser quarterback by spending more money on the rest of the roster. To me, it's proof that there's not just one particular way to go about building a team. There are different ways you can succeed. Okay, I understand. I, I, I finally think I got there with what you're saying, Dave. Um, yeah, one team has a rock star quarterback. They invested a bunch of money. I always laugh at the idea, like when everybody brings up these numbers about like 14% of the salary cap, like you can't win the Super Bowl if your quarterback makes, sucks up like 15, 14% of your salary cap. They see, Joe Burrow's there because, so are you suggesting the Bengals should just let Joe Burrow go? Is that your suggestion? The numbers that you always cite, and I, I apologize for not having it in front of me, these numbers cite one thing, that it's better to have Tom Brady as your quarterback at a lesser cap percentage. We've manipulated these numbers to suggest that you can't win with a quarterback making a certain percentage of your salary cap. But that's not actually what the numbers say. What the numbers say is because Tom Brady made about a billion Super Bowls that it's better if you can get Tom Brady to play for you at a number that's a little bit lesser than most quarterbacks make because he, at the time, had a billionaire wife. In favor. I, I want you to know, I would rather have Lamar Jackson play for a lesser salary cap percentage like Tom Brady did. He doesn't have a billionaire wife. 
So he's not interested in playing for that number. So that's off the table. Now what? And the evidence that you cite doesn't prove that the better play is to never pay your quarterback. I get it. Inherently, when your quarterback has a smaller cap number, it allows you to make more mistakes and still build a good roster. When you pay your quarterback a certain amount of money, you can't make as many mistakes. You can't draft Matt Elam. You can't draft Terrence Brooks. You can't draft Arthur Brown. Doesn't mean you don't pay your quarterback. All right. Not a sermon, just a thought. Our buddy Brett Hollander is with us. The Orioles' caravan is launching this week. We're getting ready for the start of baseball season. They're going to head down to Florida for spring training here in a couple of weeks. Brett Hollander back with us on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? Glenn, how are you? Yeah, it's that two-week gap between the championship Sunday and the Super Bowl, but it allows us to think ahead a little bit to life after football and baseball, which is right around the corner. No doubt, and obviously a lot more interest in baseball this time around than maybe, say, even a year ago around this time when we had no idea what might be ahead of us in Baltimore. Um, uh, Brett, obviously, I, I, I want to start by allowing you to tell everybody, for people that don't know or, or know that the caravan exists but not really sure how they can participate because they heard about, like, tickets and they're not sure if any are available yet, like, what can people still do to get involved with the Orioles caravan at this point? The biggest thing is go to Orioles.com, Glenn, uh, Orioles.com slash caravan. You'll see all the events, which pretty much touch the entire, not only metro area of Baltimore, but pretty much the entire mid-Atlantic region from the eastern shore to southern PA, uh, western Maryland, uh, a bunch of different areas and counties. So that's a really cool thing all over Birdland. And then uh, different types of events from autograph sessions to top golf and just kind of getting fans excited about the season ahead. I'll be at Bel Air High School Thursday at 5 o'clock. I'll be there with Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias. But obviously these events have a lot of different Orioles players and, and Mike Elias and, and Brandon Hyde participating in different ones. So it's a really uh, unique thing, but also something that's kind of diverse in what it is. It's different uh, depending on what event you go to and what location and time. So go to Orioles.com slash caravan. And to me, I kind of signifies the countdown to pitchers and catchers reporting. This is the important part to me because I know some of these events, you got to have like autograph tickets. But if I show up at Bel Air on on Thursday night, can I get my 8x10 Brett Hollander uh, black and white glossy signed uh, for You free? know, those are still – I'm still waiting for FedEx to deliver those. Oh, plans, oh but, uh, Brett, I still have my sure. – I have my Brett Hollander rookie card from BA – oh, no, from 105.7 <laughs> actually. I have my Brett Hollander <laughs> – rookie card from back in the day you'll sign that for me right i will but i've never seen a card uh, depreciate so much in value so quickly <laughs> uh no it's uh, as brett mentioned he'll be out thursday night uh at bel-air high school uh with our buddy jeff arnold and rob long will be there with mike elias and brandon hyde and all sorts of and you're doing a wild lake as well this weekend correct uh, jeff, i believe jeff is doing oh, wild lake doing that one? Okay. We're all, all three of us are doing different uh, events. I'm doing the okay. Bel Air High School one. Jeff's doing one, and Rob's doing one. Got it. Got uh, it. So we're all different ones. But uh, yeah, Thursday night's the one that kind of gets the ball rolling uh, with Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde. Um, Brett, for you, I I think everybody knows what you're a lifelong fan. You're I think you're a sort of almost self-proclaimed nerdy fan, right? Like everybody knows uh, your your background. Um, what does this mean to you? Like, as someone who's now moved into this as your role and being around the team every day, like, knowing, hey, there's real reason for excitement. Like, knowing 
it's not just, hey, it's cool for me to have this job because I love the Orioles. It's now like, oh, God, it's cool because the Orioles are good and the games matter and something special could be brewing here. Well, a couple things to that. Yeah, I can't run, Glenn, from the sad-faced Memorial Stadium picture uh, that exists in my house, in my parents' house forever, or the, the black and orange face paint picture from the 96 playoffs. Those things are, are permanent. I can't escape those. Yeah. But uh, as far as the experience of last year, to me, mattered personally, and I think it mattered a lot for the club in the sense that during the pandemic, when you were going through the, the hardest part of a rebuild, and you at one stage couldn't have fans there, then a limited number, and, and just a, a weird time in, in our history, you, you know deep down that it still matters to people, but it was hard to know that in real time. Sure. To me, that made it all kind of sad, but... I still took you know, great appreciation for the opportunity and knowing that people really care about Orioles baseball through good times and bad, but then to see kind of the light switch get flipped last year and genuine, authentic excitement, the kind of excitement you can probably have if your team is a big surprise. We've experienced it in 89 and 2012. I throw in uh, the 2008 Ravens. I find to be a club like that because so uh, they had a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. They were one and three. And, you know, yes, they were, really good a couple years before, but they're coming off of a bad year. So to me, there's something very special about those teams that I'll take with me as much as uh, any championship ball club. And just to see the natural excitement of the fan base and the interest rise, and it was very palpable uh, to me, that was really special. Dude, it was my favorite Ravens team of all time. Yeah, I I mean, part part of it is the the Dallas game is maybe my favorite Ravens game in history. The Dallas game, uh, guys like LeRon McLean and, yeah. and a rookie quarterback after. I know we, we, we lose sight of these things, as you know, Glenn, and you do a great job uh, kind of putting things in context. But uh, the day Joe Flacco got here, the Ravens had like 5,000 different quarterbacks in a very short window. Yep. And it was nice to say, there's one. Uh, he's going to be here for a while. And um, just to kind of see it all come together with that team and a rookie head coach. And people forget, I think that team started 1-3 and three and got like waxed in Indianapolis. Well, and, 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 and they lost their bye week because of the hurricane. And I know that's right. not, I didn't bring you on to discuss the 2008. No, I, <laughs> but I, yeah. I appreciate the Baltimore sports talk. No, dude. I, like, I, I talk about that constantly. Like, it's the it's the unexpected nature of it. I, I did a thing for Pressbox. We did, like, my the 15 non-championship seasons that mattered the most to me. because I And I did it in the context of what happened last year. There's something about it being so wildly unexpected. Dude, I remember sitting out. We, we did like a, a, a sign giveaway or something before the first game of the season. And I was standing out talking to fans. And I'm like, hey, look, you know, you, the team's going to suck this year. But hopefully they found a quarterback. And, and, you know, sure enough. And it's that feeling. And it's the that was what made last year so special. I, I guess now, as Brett Hollander is with us here on GCR, the, the question becomes, what's the like now? There's expectation, right? Like now, you're you're supposed to go win, and there's the burden that kind of comes with that. So I'll give it to you. To you, the difference in this team being competitive, like they were a year ago, and then maybe taking the next step, which is breaking through in what is still a brutal division and finding your way into the postseason. The biggest difference will be what. Well, the biggest difference, I think, uh, will just be knowing that you start day one with Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson in your starting lineup. And, you know, there are things, as you know, Glenn, that are just totally unpredictable. You'd love to put Henderson and Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez in some sort of glass case between now and opening day. The world isn't like that. So you're at the mercy of 
a lot of variables and injuries and things that happen in sports. But uh, I think you, you look at this club, and I was really thinking about this this morning. They won 83 games last year. They missed down the postseason uh, by a few games. They didn't have Rutschman until May. He didn't start hitting until mid-June. Henderson wasn't with the team to the last few weeks of the season. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez never debuted last year. Theo Hall came on hard late. So you do all that, and you really upgraded. I know some fans are more, I think, missing that one gigantic, gigantic piece they didn't get this past off season. But these are legitimate upgrades. Over the course of an entire baseball season, you've added, you know, someone who's probably a starting level catcher in James McCann to be Adley's backup. You brought on two legitimate starting pitchers who can eat innings and are veteran pieces to a very young rotation. You got Michael Givens, which to me is the sleeper move of the offseason. Michael Givens makes a strength stronger and a real veteran presence in what is still a very young bullpen and then maybe gives you some flexibility as time goes on to move a piece in some way. Um, and you can say that about a few things. And then Adam Frazier is an upgrade over Rubnet Odor. So these are not small pieces. They've taken probably their weaknesses and made them better, if not significantly better. And the Orioles are in a position because they have so much depth and promise in their minor league system. If they're contending early and they have one clear deficiency or two clear deficiencies, they can be the first team in the pool to make a big splash during the season. Right now, because of you know parity to some extent has come to baseball, probably 26 teams feel they have a shot at making a postseason spot, and they certainly don't want to anger their fans right before opening day. But come June 1st, you and I both know there'll be teams thinking about 2024 and beyond. So in that moment, the Orioles can strike early. And I really think that's the position they're in right now. The other thing that jumps out at me, Brett, is that it still feels like a lot of this season, and, and to the point about you know fans obviously, you know, wh- where's the lift off? Why didn't they go get the the rock star game changer? It still feels like some of this season is taking a a deeper look at a couple of guys that are here that have shown some great signs, but you really have to figure out if they're definitely a part of this and a a key part for the next five years versus someone, you know, that maybe there's somebody coming behind them at the same position or someone that they can use in a trade. And I, I think we're looking at guys like Austin Hayes. I think we're looking at guys like Jorge Mateo. I think maybe even, you know, as, as great as he's been, Cedric Mullins is still part of that equation. Even Anthony Santander, right? Like, it still feels like there's a few guys that you're just sort of trying to define exactly what their role is in building to your ultimate championship team or using them to help build more pieces towards a championship team? There's no question about it. I think you can throw uh, Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer sure. and Tyler Welk into that mix where I think you like all three of them. You're, you're figuring out, are they number twos? Are they back in the rotation guys? Maybe perhaps a bullpen piece, but you feel great about what you saw from those guys this past season. And the other thing, you're still just this is just a reality of the sport, which is frustrating for everybody, but they're not going to run Grayson Rodriguez out there for 200 innings right. or Tyler Wells or Dean Kramer or Kyle Bradish, even, even though those guys got a lot of big league time last year. And in the case of Kramer in the last few years, they're just not going to do it. It just doesn't happen in the sport. They're going to be very careful with those guys. So you need a lot of pitching. And until you can kind of take the governors off and just unleash your young pitchers, it's very, you have to be very careful. And you're still thinking big picture long-term for both the team's benefit and their benefit. And that's just the reality of it. Now, I think you're still looking at a few players that you mentioned and where do they fit in, and you want them all to play well. One, if you have someone who's just knocking on the door like 
a Connor Norby or Jordan Westberg or Colton Cowser, you can move one of those players or you can move a big leaguer. Uh, not everyone, there's not going to be a spot for everyone here. And we look at these things, and we know that we can talk all we want about Adley Rutschman's first year. doesn't get much better than that for a rookie catcher with those expectations. But sports is really hard. Baseball is really hard. We don't know what year two is going to bring. I would, would anyone be surprised if Gunnar Henderson struggles a little bit out of the gate? Sure. We see this on and on and on. Now, you like their ability, the head on their shoulders, their athleticism. You think, in the end, their, their talent's going to win out, and you're really confident about that. But some of these prospects aren't going to make it. Some are going to get hurt. Some are going to fail. And, and we've seen that story before. That's why volume and depth and talent really matters. But I think it is still kind of a year to your point where you're transitioning. I wouldn't say this is the year where you're pushing all your chips in the middle of the table. Uh, that day will come. But, I mean, when you look at the scheduling benefit of this year where you, you don't have such an unbalanced schedule inside the division, yep. uh, the things we mentioned of the improvements and the uh, more experience for some of your key, young, maybe even generational players, I don't think it's a stretch to think you could be three, five, six games better. I think that puts you right in the playoffs. And that's realistic. I don't think that's a stretch. Is it going to happen? Well, we'll find out over the next seven or eight months. Brett Hollander, before I let you go, a name that we haven't brought up is D.L. Hall, right? And it's interesting because all of a sudden, with Cole Irvin, there is a lot of rotation depth. Um, and between he and Gibson and Kramer and Bradish and Tyler Wells, and you're going to get John Means back at some point, and Grayson Rodriguez, and you know Austin Voth, who pitched well a year ago, you, you sort of say to yourself, huh, it, is there a spot for D.L. Hall, or is is he just like going to be a bullpen guy? Where where are you with D.L. Hall at this point? I think it's going to be really interesting. We had Orioles pitching coach Darren Holmes on our hot stove show uh, a few weeks ago, and he couldn't help to say at the end of the year seeing Hall come out of the bullpen, it just looked right. And sometimes you don't want to mess with something that really works. And we've certainly seen these debates in baseball. Maybe guys come up and they want to utilize them in one role and could they still move back into the rotation? Of course, you want to keep your options open. Dio really needs to get his innings up. I could see him being someone who pitches the seventh or eighth inning this year, and I could also see him piggybacking over Grayson Rodriguez some starts or Tyler Wells some starts to control their innings and kind of eating up two innings in the middle of the game. I could see him playing sure. both roles and then on occasion starting. But to me, I saw him close out a game when Felix Bautista got hurt in front of a sellout crowd at Yankee Stadium protecting like a one-run lead at the end of September last year. And it just looked right. It, uh, it's hard to ignore those signs when you see it. There was something about the emotion and the adrenaline and above all the stuff. Yeah. And I think it just looked right in the middle of Yankee Stadium. And it looked like Theo Hall, who I think has uh, – he can be wild. He can be inconsistent. And some guys just flourish in the role of getting that call in the bullpen and then coming out to the mountain and just going and not having four days to think about it. Orioles.com slash caravan is where you should go to get all the information. He's going to be at Bel Air High School on Thursday night with uh, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde, a great place for you to hang out and hear all about uh, what the Orioles are going to be doing this season. So I'll make sure you check that out again. Orioles.com slash caravan at Brett Hollander on Twitter. Uh, happy for you, bud. Appreciate you as always taking the time for us. Look forward to doing it again during the season. Thanks for hopping on this morning, man. Thanks, Glenn. Always a pleasure. It's Brett Hollander with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Today's show also brought to you by this print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. 
It is our annual best of issue with Adley Rutschman on the cover, our MoGabba Sports Person of the Year. Only going to be available for another couple of weeks. Make sure you go get it right now. We'll come back in quickly, tidbit, tidbit, to wrap it up. If you weren't with us, we started early today. Shame on you. I warned you. I got to go. Got to think of a kid's school. It's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK holiday racing on Monday, January 16th, and the winter car Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. If you haven't signed up for sports betting yet in the state of Maryland, or if you've only signed up for, like, one, like you say you signed up for BetMGM, don't miss out on free money, on free bets, on all of the amazing offers that are available for you. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Andrew Stecka did confirm he's lost three out of the four. And I believe that means I was the other loser because I definitely did lose the one year. 
Uh, that's the year I had to do the bull balls. So you think that's the best one? The best one? I don't know. They're all like the easiest pretty awful. No, 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 it sucked. God, oh, I still sometimes can taste it in my. Oh, it's wretched. Wretched. Good, good health benefits. Though? Uh, Mike Bordick would probably say but so. Yeah. I don't know. They're very chewy. I don't know how they can be all that. I think Maybe a lot of protein or something. I think it was. I thought it was like penis. Like was supposed to be the actual. Oh, that's like the good part. I don't know, man. I can't. That's a weird. That's a weird world. That and steroids, according to the Liver King. That's how you get there. All right, we. I got. I got to go. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. I uh, don't have confirmation yet on who Stan and Ross's guest is for tonight, but I'm thinking it's going to be a good one. So make sure you tuned in. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports Night for Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley. Uh, I had a good one. I think I'm going to save it, though, because I didn't realize how hard our out was here today. Yeah, uh, but, I, go. but I did a quick one. Uh, Elon beat Drexel on Saturday. Oh, everybody and, knows that. Yeah, yeah, and so that completed the college basketball circle of suck. Oh, so, now so everybody's every team, beating everybody. Yes, everybody's beating everybody. Every team has a D1 win and, and a D1 loss. Oh, so, that? so a nice little... Uh, Wait, Elon hadn't won a game? Elon had not. They had won a game, but they hadn't beaten a D1, D1 team. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, maybe real quick, uh, can you tell me who has the most wins in college basketball as a coach before turning 40? Mark Few. Not Mark Few. Brad Stevens. Not Brad Stevens. Uh, most wins before, before turning 40. Yeah. Billy Donovan? No. Uh, before turning 40. He's the Cincinnati head coach right now. It is Wes Miller. Oh, okay. It was at Greensboro. Yeah, he did start at a very young age. That's a good yes. point. Okay. Yeah, 213 right. for him, and then uh, right. Rick Pitino was second. Super random. Super yeah. random. All That's right. a quick one I had in the, okay. had, had in the chamber. Very good. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Big Ten Network tonight, Penn State, Maryland women at 6 o'clock. Loyola's at Colgate at 7 on CBS Sports Network. Morgan's at home at 7.30 against uh, Eastern Shore. And Cobbins at home at 7.30 against Delaware State. The rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. NBC Sports Washington, Wizards Spurs at 8, NBA TV. Lakers Nets 7:30, Hawks Blazers at 10, NHL Network Blues Jets at 8, USA for WWE Raw at 8. Anything non-sports wise? Uh, Gronk is going to be on Jimmy Fallon. Sure, he's got the kick. That's kicking that sounds man. awful. To me. Um, Everything about that. The Bachelor and unfortunately, no new episode of Barmageddon. Tonight. Ah, so. that's, that's God. What, yeah. a, what is a, what is our listener base going to do? <laughs> guess they'll go to bed at 11. I guess. All right, uh, very good. Thanks today. Oh, hey, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Thanks today to Brett Hollander, to Bruce Weber, and to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow, our annual lacrosse preview show. Patrick Stevens will join us. If you, do, if you say, I don't care about lacrosse, it's one day. Chill. We'll get back to if the Ravens hired an offensive coordinator. We'll talk all about it on Wednesday. I promise you. Uh, but tomorrow we're going to talk lacrosse. We're going to give some love to uh, the local lacrosse programs. All the coaches will join us on the show tomorrow. We'll also start that one a little bit earlier, probably around 940 is when we will start our college lacrosse preview show tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great 8's Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin, 
at Griffin underscore Bass. Uh, he's uh, away the rest of the week. Have a safe trip. Follow us, Thanks. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Maryland women. Go Morgan. Go Coppin. Go Loyola. I saw Loyola on Saturday. My kid was the kid of the game at the Loyola wow. game on Saturday. It was awesome. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks. Oh, I don't even do that anymore. See? I knew it. Duke sucks. <laughs>